HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode of Cutting the Curd is brought to you by Comté Cheese Association. Comté, an iconic cheese from the Jura Mountains of France, favored by cheesemongers and cheese lovers all over the world. Find out more at comté-usa.com. That's c-o-m-t-e-usa.com. This week on Meet and 3, we're talking about comfort food as we explore its history, meaning, and different interpretations from around the world. Donburi is just a simple, casual dish, but it's packed with the history. Somebody might have their comfort food be something that they remember eating at their friend's house, but they would never have at their own home. Consuming foods that were eaten then can bring back some of those feelings from, from those times. It's about creating these little breaks and moments during the day where you kind of feel present. Tune in to Meet and 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you listen to podcasts. everyone and welcome to Cutting the Curd this week. I'm your host Kara Warren. Man, what a week it's been. Uh, I'm sure your cheese life has been maybe taken a back seat or maybe it was your number one thing during this past week. Uh, but as Gail King said, it was uh, one big uh, long block party this weekend and I, I hope you had a chance to celebrate. Um, a few things to note. Um, cheese Counter World is getting ready for Thanksgiving mode so uh, please give us a shout out or DM us with your special pairings at um, Cutting the Curd or at Kara Warren. So, you know, maybe I'll give a shout out on the next uh, Cutting the Curd episode. Um, another thing to mention, Ann Saxelby's new book is out, uh, The New Rules of Cheese, a freewheeling and informative guide is out. So if you like her and you like our show, please check out her book. Um, and then the last and funny thing I thought I'd mention is, for those of you in the importing world and international community, uh, boat file 42 is finally arriving this week. Hooray! Thank you, boat delays. Um, and now I'd like to get on with the show. Uh, I'd like to introduce my guests, Carrie Kimball and Dave Yord, partners at Philosophy Foods, Lady Edison Extra Fancy Country Ham, and Regalis Foods. Guys, welcome to the show. How are you? Great, thank you. Great, Cara. thanks. Awesome. So uh, my first very serious question is, uh, when Joe Biden won this past Saturday, um, what celebratory foods were you guys putting out? Because when you host, you host like no one else. I mean, 
dinner parties, uh, food shows, you guys do the most uh, elaborate, extravagant setups. And I just thought, if anyone can pull this off, that right now, this is probably Carrie and Dave all the way. So uh, just curious, what did you guys do this Saturday? We actually took advantage of outdoor dining. Um, we went and sat outdoor at a customer's, uh, Lorena, um, and we gorged ourselves on butternut squash soup and, um, homemade pasta. We drank a couple Aperol spritzes. Um, we, we, we wanted to support the dining community this weekend. Tonight is the night that we make the celebratory meal. Ah, okay then. So, uh, what's coming up for tonight's, uh, extravaganza? There were San Marzano's for the first time at the McCarran Park Farmer's Market. So we're going to do a little tomato saffron broth and some local uh, sea bass next to that. Wow. Okay, cool. So the reason why I I figured I'd start with just this idea is you guys um, work with a lot of exotic foods. Um, In in reviewing your portfolio, I, I think they're exotic. Maybe they're not exotic to some people, but... Um, I was wondering if you could tell the listeners a little bit about philosophy foods and, and what sort of products you guys sell and, uh, just give like a brief synopsis to, to who you are. Carrie, do you want me to handle that? Please. Um, well, we have, as you mentioned, we have three different parts of our business, uh, philosophy foods. We, we do some imports from Spain, uh, not a full Spanish portfolio, but, but some items in which we, um, we feel are best in class, and we've had relationships with the producers. Um, the other part of our business is regalis foods, in which those are definitely exotic foods, where we're um, specialized in importing truffles and caviar and mushrooms, and then any just crazy product, live seafood, um, forged berries um, that we can get our hands on. Um, that end of the business we distribute locally in um, New York and we have a warehouse in Texas and Chicago as well um, and then the third part of our business which carry our partners with Sam Suchoff in North Carolina is um, Lady Edison country ham in which we're um, curing um, now 18 to 24 month uh, heritage breed animal welfare approved country hams in the North Carolina style um, but we're really excited um, now as we're expanding our portfolio in, in the philosophy end. Um, we've stayed away from cheese since we've um, launched philosophy about five years ago. And now we will finally be starting um, with a great Manchego producer that we've been talking to over the past four or five years, uh, Vega Mancha. Um, and then from there, we're going to use that as a launching point for a couple other cheese projects and and small production cheeses out of Spain and even some cheese made um, especially for us domestically that finally Dave and Carrie are getting back into the cheese game, which has been uh, quite some time. Oh man, that's so that's very cool. So we're going to be able to see Manchego at some store soon from you guys. Uh, Well, we hope. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Um, Is that due to um, like logistics or is it uh, you have to start showing it to customers? Uh, yeah, it's a brand new launch in a very competitive category. So everything, you know, everything is a chore and obviously, um, 
you know, we don't have food shows anymore, so we have to depend on our, our current clients and, and getting some attention and movement going from the very beginning. Um, it's always a slow um, haul for us, but uh, we're really excited about this one. It's, it's a really, most Manchegos on the market, we, you know, are sold on price. Uh, this is mm -hmm. price competitive, but it, it tastes a little bit more than some of the cardboard that um, we're used to tasting. No, that that's going to be. I'm looking forward to seeing when you get that in. I can't wait to try it out. Is it going to be raw or pasteurized? So they they are the producers. Um, so they we have uh, full raw milk, uh, three six and twelve month, um, and uh, pasteurized three six and twelve month as well as an organic, uh, EU organic certified. So oh, we'll have cool. a, a large range through this single producer. Okay, uh, so, all right, I'm looking forward to it. Well, another new product, sort of new, uh, Lady Edison has been around for how long now? Would you guys, you know probably better than I do, but a few years, so, or is it just yeah. one year? No, Sam has been doing this for, I believe, also four or five years. We got involved uh, first by kind of taking it out of North Carolina for him and, and getting it into the national market. Um, however, we partnered with Sam in the ham portion of the business um, about two, two and a quarter years ago when, um, you know, a bunch of the ham houses in the South um, are having, you know, trouble. It's, it's a mm -hmm. dying breed. So his, his former um, arrangement that he had with the ham house, the ham house was buying the raw legs from him and curing them. Um, and we were actually buying it from the ham house, but that ham house got in trouble and Sam needed help, you know, putting the money up to um, cure legs for 18 months. So we didn't want to see that die. And so we formed a partnership and helped out, um, you know, funding, curing these legs and, you know, sold our house so we can buy a bunch of pork legs uh, well, I mean, I, I know, Dave, you're, you're, you're making it sound very simple, but it's, it's very cool how you're helping save this, this art from the North Carolina uh, area and the Duracam um, producers to just do this curing this leg process. Because, I mean, uh, as I started to see it at the food shows, um, it's sort of an impressive newer product that I believe most cheese counters are taking to. And I've seen it in through different distributors as well. Um, it, it, is that just because it's it's great flavor? But I I think also the packaging. Um, I also like how I saw you guys are doing a like a collaboration with Smoking Goose too. It's called Lady Goose. Um, is that correct? It's like an induya. Yep. Where Sam is sending. I don't. We'll go into another episode of how long uh, how Sam operates, but mm -hmm. he's sending the bellies of his pork to Chris in Indianapolis and using our pork to, um, to, cure, to, to cure out the anduya. And it makes such a huge difference, the, uh, the quality of the pork that we're using, that I, I really stand behind that product. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, no, I'm, I think I'm gonna pick up some for the holidays. So that's, uh, I'm looking forward to that. So you have now, so, we, so just to kind of rehash for the listeners, you have North Carolina that you work with and Indianapolis. You're working with Spain right now. Uh, I mean, how is it that you guys are able to work with all these different areas of the world and keep track of everything 
um, or how did you even get into this? I mean, it, it seems so philosophy foods just looks for the best producers almost, it seems like, and then, and starts to like, I, I mean, you tell me like back them and kind of move them nationally. Is that, is that the idea? That was definitely the idea for philosophy. We had a, um, important distribution company in Chicago for 17 years that we sold. Um, and we intended on staying with the acquiring company in Chicago, but it just didn't work out for us that way. Uh, so Carrie and I were stuck sitting on the couch with nothing to do. Uh, <laughs> Carrie worked at the Green City Market in Chicago um, during that time, and I uh, was just going crazy. So uh, came up with a really um, a plan just to help some of our friends from Spain who we were doing well with in Chicago, but not... Um, their products weren't really recognized nationally. We wanted to get into the national arena, so um, it just all steamrolled from there. And uh, we planned on moving to New York, and then had the opportunity to to partner with um, with our partner Ian in Regalis, and it just kind of all, you know, I'll say fell into place. Although there, it was um, definitely some speed bumps along the way, and. and a lot of hard work so we're, we're super happy and super lucky um, yeah you're being very modest been. i was gonna say this is a uh, it's not easy to work in the in the food business and you guys have have made it work i think for you so that's that's pretty cool um so i guess my follow-up is since you've been doing the importing now for i guess six years um what kind of obstacles did you encounter this year was there um Anything that was like not so easy this year that was like a new dent in the system? Um, for sure. And I'll just say that I, this is my part because I do the actual imports and Carrie will have many better stories after I'm done <laughs> with this section. But <laughs> um, yeah, it was, you know, even though we import and sell to some uh, retail, retail um, outlets through distribution, the majority of our business in all three companies was uh, food service and definitely even, you know, Michelin star type food service and, you know, uh, focused on Midtown Manhattan through Regalis. I mean, we come COVID, we just dropped, like we stopped and our, our, our business um, through Regalis was about 4% of normal. Um, and we really were just looking at our warehouse, wondering how we're going to get rid of stuff. Uh, luckily, we did a lot of different pivoting, including some direct-to-consumer direct action. Um, but after a while, I think, as everybody saw, the, the retail sector started um, picking up. And everybody started eating tinfish at once. So <laughs> that was uh, a one slight positive. Um, mm -hmm. And then we've just like been adapting ever since, um, uh, you know, within our own organization, with how we're selling product, uh, what we're focusing on. And once we kind of saw that, I don't know, we quit being scared mm -hmm. uh, and understood what we had to do, we kind of took our, the, the chains off of ourselves and, and just got more aggressive um, even though we're gonna miss out on the on the Christmas season on a lot of new product inter introductions, we've got like four or five new product lines coming down the pipeline. Um, on the Regalis end, we've really um, 
added some more approachable products, uh, products that we might not have in the past, and that's really paid dividends, but really focused on the customer, um, making sure that we put their um, troubles first instead of worrying about our own. And um, right now, I, I feel it's really paying off, and, and hopefully we'll be, once this craziness is done with, we'll be in a good position uh, and really enhance our customer relationships and, and what we're able to do for the customer. Mm, okay. So then you mentioned a little bit about the holidays, and um, you in our pre-chat, you sort of mentioned some new specials that you're going to be doing, some new uh, flavors um, sort of related to truffle, I believe, was what, uh, is what I was hearing about from you guys. Um, did you want to mention that here as well about what you're, you're doing for the holidays to, uh, to the listeners? I can take that one. Um, so a couple of years ago, we were just hanging out with our friends at the, on the road shows like we used to do, Kara. Yeah, and yeah. we were chatting with our friends from Beehive and we've, sold their cheeses back in Chicago forever. I think we were their first distributor and opened that market for them. And we said, we should do a truffle cheese together. And they hadn't done one before, which sort of surprised me. And I had one idea, which I'm not going to share because maybe we'll go with, uh, still go ahead and do that one in the future. But okay. <laughs> um, Dave came up with the idea to do the cheese with our truffle carpaccio and sea salt and honey on it. Because, you know, Beehive does the Seahive cheese. So he was thinking of that one, only just adding the truffle. So we ended up naming that one Truffle Hive. And that one's really kind of taking off quite nicely already uh, at the beginning of Q4. Usually these things, you don't really see the movement on them until closer to Thanksgiving. And already this one is uh, kind of selling itself, which is fantastic. And... Um, Always our truffle butter is a great one because it's made with Nordic Creamery's butter in Wisconsin. And this is a little creamery that if you're in the Midwest, you know about it. You go to the Green City Farmers Market and you go to the butter guy and you buy Al Beckham's butter. And he's got like, you know, a few kids working with him at a time, even though he's got an entire brood of children, I feel like sometimes. <laughs> um, and you get garlic butter, or you get cultured butter, or you get the, you know, the summer milk butter. Um, but his butter is just really phenomenal. So the, to add our porcini and black truffle paste into that, it really makes it kind of umami. Um, and, and it's really nice. And it's moving very, very well right now. And uh, Dave also came up with the other an idea of another cheese, which we will have, I think, We'll be able to sell that on November 19th. And that one is called Umamentori. Dave comes up with the great concepts for the cheeses. I come up with the ridiculous names, Truffle Hive and Umamentori. Um, so this one was porcini dusted. Um, so it's, we kind of had like the shake. We sell dried, for, you know, dried forest mushrooms. And we had a little bit of porcini shake left. And so we sent that to Beehive and they dusted one of their promontories. I think they're using a six-month promontory. So the cheese is really a nice cheddar to begin with but then when you taste the outside where the porcini dust is on it it just the umami the umami just sort of seeps through there and you're tasting two completely different cheeses when you're tasting the inside versus the outside it's really kind of a fun cheese to play with um dave wanted to name this cheese the sticky icky icky 
but uh, <laughs> that was we decided that that probably wasn't going to be the best label but the label's even really cute Oliver Ford Pat Ford's son actually um designed the truffle he's a nice artist and so he had never even seen a truffle before and suddenly we had him sketching a truffle and he was sketching the porcini it was pretty the labels are pretty cute oh man so um porcini dusted cheddar is what we just yeah. got to okay yeah. um that's neat. And I, I don't, has that ever been done before? Is this like totally new all, all the way? Uh, everything's been done before. I'm sure someone's done it. <laughs> I don't know. I, that seems like you guys are doing curveballs, and I, I like that. That's what's cool about philosophy foods. You're, you're changing the game. I mean, even with something uh, like olives, for example, I always thought olives, you can't really do much with olives, but <laughs> then you guys brought out Lasada olives to uh, the East Coast, and um, I, and that's naturally brined olives, and and has like no chemical or dye or, I just I think that's what's cool about you guys. You keep changing the game in like little bits of you know little baby steps at a time. Yeah, um, is that um, is, is the correct uh, the correct name? <laughs> it it takes a long time for us. Oh yeah, but still, I mean. The fact that you can do that is great. So we have the olives. We have the you. We didn't even mention you guys also do olive oil and vinegars. I mean, you're doing a full pantry as well. Yeah, we're actually both olive oil sommeliers for whatever that is worth. It just really means that we sold olive oil for ten years and we didn't know what we were talking about until we went to a class for six days and actually learned all of the things that we had been reporting incorrectly. <laughs> but now we're much better educators, and I think um, with with our deep dive education, we have helped people understand olive oil a lot more because the U.S. really doesn't have a culture of consuming olive oil the way that they do in Europe or Israel or something like that. And so to teach people, you know, how you're actually supposed to taste and what you're evaluating for and things like bitterness is actually a very good thing in olive oil where in the U.S., we think that bitterness is something that needs to be fixed with sweet mm. or sour or something like that. Um, but really, um, you know, educating chefs is very fun and obviously working with retailers to help them better understand what they should be looking for in olive oil to sell to their customers. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to take a quick break right now. Um, okay, everyone, you're listening to Cutting the Curd. I'm here with Carrie and Dave of Philosophy Foods, and uh, we'll be right back. This episode of Cutting the Curd is brought to you by Conte Cheese Association. Conte Cheese Association represents the Conte PDO, Conte Protected Designation of Origin in the USA. Conte is a raw milk cooked pressed cheese from the Jura Mountains of France. There, every day, 2,500 family farms deliver milk to over 150 local cheesemaking facilities, or fruitiers. This milk must be transformed into Conte within 24 hours of milking to preserve the lactic microflora in the milk, ensuring the cheese's aromatic potential. About 105 gallons of milk are required to craft a single wheel of Conte. Conte takes time to acquire its flavors in the affinage cellars. After eight months of aging by dedicated affineurs on average, 
Each wheel of Conte is graded and shipped to market. No wheel of Conte is the same. Its flavors speak to the pastures where the cows grazed, the season in which it was made, the particular craftsmanship of the cheesemaker, and the time spent in the aging cellar. Therefore, every wheel of Conte is unique. Learn more about Conte, an iconic cheese from the Jura Mountains of France, favored by cheesemongers and cheese lovers all over the world. Find out more at Conte-USA.com. That's C-O-M-T-E hyphen U-S-A dot com. All righty. Welcome back, everyone, to Cutting the Curd. I'm Kara Warren, and I'm here with Carrie and Dave of Philosophy Foods. And uh, the next subject on my list is actually, they, we kind of mentioned in the beginning of the episode, but food shows. Um, I feel like we're all missing them a little bit, or some people are not, but some people are. And I thought, Carrie and Dave, um, I'm curious, how are you guys adapting to no food shows? Like coming up in 2021, what is your plan to, how are you going to reach out to customers? Can you talk about that? Well, fortunately, in my past life, I actually have a master's degree in nonprofit organizations, and it led me to be an event planner when I was a little bit younger. And so for me to plan events, it's kind of second nature. So all the way back in September, we held two different virtual tapas crawls where our producers spoke a little bit about what they did. And at the end, they prepared tapas. And it was pretty cool because they knew they had a good cheesemonger crowd on there. So suddenly we have, you know, olive oil paired with cheese and we have bocarones, which are white anchovies paired with, you know, cheese and olives. And um, so that was one of the ways that we did it. And now we just have to figure out how to create more opportunities like that. I think maybe the realm that we'll go through next time is offering some of our distribution customers the opportunity for us to host the tapas crawl along with them and that they bring their customers to the table instead of us you know, banging down the door of every person we know, will you come to our tapas crawl? But we that was really successful right away. We had many compliments. Um, people had told us that we'd, you know, they'd been on other formats like that, and they were really impressed in how we did it. We actually had one producer sitting with the Bahia de la Concha in the background, which is in San Sebastian, the beach that's shaped like the shell. And so everyone could sit in their homes in their four walls and look out the window and able to see something really, you know, unique and special from Spain to be able to see. Wow. So, so did you, you sent the product to everyone? Is that how it worked? And then like, they got to participate in like a zoom or a virtual sort of meeting space. And that's how with the, with the makers, is that, is that it? Kind yeah, of like- Al- yeah. Alex Simkowski and I did uh, all of the outreach to get the customers to attend and they signed up. And then Alex and I spent two or three days um, pulling products, packing products. We learned a lot more about shipping cold products. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's always a learning process. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything seemed to arrive except for the fact that, you know, there are a couple of wildfires on the West Coast. And so some people didn't get their packages right away. But most of our products in there were shelf stable. So they were eventually able to get it. Wow. Wow. With everything going on, that's very impressive. Okay. I, um, that's a cool idea. And then was there any surprising combinations that you didn't expect? 
Um, surprising combinations. I'm trying to think what was what was a surprise. Um, Dave, who who came with really good pairings? Gonzalo did the the Volperones and the fruit, which is oh, always yeah. we've done that before. Um, and if anyone's ever been to our last year of the fancy food show, we have this crazy guy, Jose, who, who makes all the tapas from La Brujula. So all the tin seafood, they do um, like these intricate recipes and, um, you know, sardine tacos with with guacamole and kikos. And um, so stuff that we've seen already, but uh, I think our the audience got a, um, a nice education out of it. Yeah, one of the things that Sam Suchoff, our partner, uh, and Lady Edison does is that he does like a pimento induya. Yeah. And a cream cheese, a <laughs> cream cheese be, induya as well. Yeah, yeah. And, that could be a fun shot. Thanksgiving bit. Yeah, but you. The, the, here's the thing. Don't tell my friend Scott Frank at Rustic Bakery, but you have to use Ritz crackers when you do that. <laughs> oh, I will not call up Scott Frank, <laughs> but I hope he's listening to this program. That'd be funny. Oh, oh, he's, he's probably dialed in listening to us right now, actually. <laughs> oh, perfect. I love it. Shout out then. Um, no, that's great. Okay. Um, and then, so now you've mentioned Alex, um, how, how big is your company now? I mean, it's, it's a few people at least. Well, we, so I'll uh, carry I'll take this. We are legally one company um, as philosophy and regalis um but it started separate and we merged it i think three years ago um philosophy has always just been carrie and i until uh we had a couple part-time employees until alex came along um and alex has done a great job for us was a year and a half now carrie yeah um taking care of the east coast and we've like gradually turned over our east coast distributors to him and he's of course expanded them well beyond what carrie and i have done um and then we just uh luckily got the, the opportunity to hire kevin corcoran in san francisco uh just a few weeks ago and he'll be taking care of um our west coast operations which is a, a huge hand especially since we can't travel or carrie can't travel um, and then on the Regalis, then, you know, we do more direct distribution. So right now I think we're at 23 employees, which is almost what we were at pre COVID. Um, okay. so yeah, it's, it's, um, it's divided a little bit differently, but, uh, philosophy has always been Carrie and my, um, kind of baby. So we're, we're slower to, uh, bring on new, new help. And did you guys... Did you guys have food like this when you were younger or, or did this all start in 2014 kind of as you were helping your friends? Well, Dave grew up in more of a chefy household than me. He's from a, a German family and his mother makes very nice stews and things like this. But also he grew up in a, uh, a family that worked in the meat industry in Chicago. So he's always been around, you know, delicious ribeye steaks and things like that. Um, me, no, I grew up on boxed macaroni and cheese. Um, I think the first fancy thing I ever ate, we were just talking about this the other day, was uh, mac and cheese with lobster in it. <laughs> um, and it's funny because 
we are around all of these lovely foods that we like to show to people when we have them over to dinner or when we would do counterculture and put on these, you know, elaborate spreads. I mean, talk about grazing boards. Our grazing boards have caviar and live shellfish on them. Um, but what was kind of our treat this summer is our friends from Chicago drove up and we all met in the Finger Lakes and they brought us Chicago hot dogs, of course. Um, they brought us Wisconsin bratwurst. They brought us cold packed cheese from Wisconsin and they brought us New Glarus beer. And we savored that. Oh, and beef summer sausage. And we savored that for what day? <laughs> of course. Two weeks every day after work. We were snacking on cold packed cheese and Ritz crackers <laughs> and, and beef summer sausage. But it, it's the it's the holy trinity of Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> exactly. But uh, just just so I know exactly, cold packed cheese um, for the listeners and for myself. It just means it's like a cheese. Is it a cheese dip? That's like what is a cold packed cheese exactly? What what is that? So yeah, it's it's always in like a tub. It's uh, to be honest, I don't even know the the process of how it's made, which is kind of embarrassing. Yeah, but, uh, no, that's okay. I think it's it, better not known. It, it just yeah, has it's, its own nomenclature, which I really it, like. <laughs> it's know? like a che- It's a cheese spread, um, and you you know you put it on your bread and your crackers when when you're growing up in northern Illinois, um, the I guess the commodity brand was Mertz. Um, and you knew when you went to a good hot dog stand on their cheese fries, if they use Mertz cheese or just nacho cheese, hmm. uh, you had to have the Mertz. Oh, um, <laughs> but then, you know, as we grew up, then there were like certain producers like Brunkow making, I guess you would call it artisan cold pack cheese. And he even, even had a raw milk cold pack cheese. <laughs> no way. Yeah. And, and huh. even when we had a stand at the at the farmers market helping some farmers out like we would just buy a loaf of bread and and like mile of cold pack cheese just cuz we had to have that high low action going on. Yeah, no, and I like that you stipulated the Chicago hot dog cuz you guys are very proud of the Midwest. Um <laughs> I know I can't get away with my Nathan's hot dogs when I'm around you guys. I always get blasted for that. Um, that's fine. I don't put a salad on my hot dog. I know. Um, but I am learning to love it because it's really good, your, your Chicago hot dogs. Um, well, a, a segue then. So for Thanksgiving, what's going on for you guys? Well, we have our first um, socially distant guest confirmed. Jen Lopez from Forever Cheese is going to come over, and we're already talking about are we baking pie or are we going to support a local person who could probably use the um, funding more this year than us? Um, and we ordered our turkey from Foster Sundry in Bushwick. And um, of course, we'll support the McCarran Park and the McGullard Park farmers markets because I go to two farmers markets a week. So that's where the veggies will come from. Um, cheese will probably have Campbell's figure something out there. Maybe Jen will bring something from standalone cheese. Um, what am I missing, Dave? Caviar. Well, we, <laughs> of course. Yeah, we always, every year since moving to New York, we've always done Thanksgiving here and always had such a small kitchen that we've done the turkey on the grill. So now we have a nicer outdoor space and um, we can uh, spread our wings a little bit more. But definitely... <laughs> grill the turkey just as uh, we've done the last five years 
I, I like your pun there, Dave. That was solid. Um, <laughs> um, well, then, I guess I'm curious. Did you guys uh, work on a pairing for this episode? I know I, I mentioned it beforehand, but I don't know if you had time to put one together. We did. Um, we're cheating a little bit because we are using pairings that other people shared with us that we thought were really impressive. So we are doing our Omed Rosé wine vinegar. And Paola from Omed, she typically does Pellegrino. She's a little bit classier than we are. Um, we're from Brooklyn, and so we like to have ours with LaCroix. <laughs> <laughs> But this is one of those things that at the trade shows we offer to people because we do so much drinking at ACS and things like that, that hydration is really hard to come by. And so we always try to offer someone a sparkling water with one of the Omed vinegars. So that's our that's our beverage pairing. We went the mocktail route. And um, Jordan Edwards was working with us at Regalis Chicago since we opened that. And uh, we held a truffle rave right before um, flights were shut down. And he did a pairing of the Hollerhocker with Kuzundo Strawberry Gochujang. We worked with a Korean importer called Gotham Grove. And just the onioniness of the um, Hollerhocker next to the strawberry and the, the pepper from the gochujang paste is just, it's a near perfect pairing. It's, it's a knockout. That's not one I would have thought of. So, um, I, I mean, again, curveball special. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've just, uh, way to go Jordan and referring <laughs> that to you guys. And also, um, Hmm. So Hollahawker and the Goshan. I think I don't know if I'm saying that right. It's a strawberry Goshan, which is a a fermented red pepper paste. But this Ah. is like a really small artisanal um, producer outside of Seoul, South Korea. Okay. And they ferment the strawberries with the peppers in like these big urns outside. So it's like a sweet but spicy, like really um, complex, intense Goshan. Um, which is like a staple in Korean um, cuisine. But this one in particular, um, you know, the stuff you see at H Mart or something is, is more commercial. This is, this is a really special project, uh, product. And um, it, like Jordan hit it out of the park, as oh, he normally does. But it was, it's really cool. And I'm glad, Dave, that you expanded on that. Because at first I thought it was the traditional Korean paste with some strawberry. I didn't realize that it was actually a key ingredient in the paste. So that is really different and cool. Um, is that sold in specialty food stores around the United States, or is this um, a more niche thing? Uh, everything we do is niche, Kara. That's true. <laughs> Pardon me again. Pardon me, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's our excuse for not having it widely uh, available to everybody. <laughs> no, that's okay. It's just if I'm looking out, and if, there, if there's a store you want to shout out, then I can find it. I always like to, to give the listeners a chance to find the product. So. Uh, you can get it on regalisfoods.com if you cannot find it on your uh, at your specialty retailer but please tell your specialty retailer that philosophy has this awesome gochujang product that they need to buy if you're in reno you can get it at craft reno yeah yeah that's true there you go i, I haven't made it to reno yet but i'll let you know um everyone well, got- should go to reno now <laughs> <laughs> of course they should um well i was just gonna say uh thank you both for being on the show today uh, I'm so glad I got to introduce you to our listeners and um, kind of breeze through the immense 
all the stuff that you guys are doing because there's just so much. Um, but thank you both for being here. This was great. Thanks, Kara. We miss you. Oh, yeah, I miss you guys, too. So um, hopefully next time we'll, we'll do, what was it, Carrie, you mentioned for our next episode? I just want to tease the listeners with the, was it the conservas you wanted to talk about next time? Oh, yeah, we should definitely do a cheese and conservas pairing. That one will probably be better with uh, Alex because he's, you know, he's the monger. Gotcha. Okay, cool, cool. All right, well, everyone, please uh, look for Philosophy Foods on Instagram, so at Philosophy Foods. You can find me at Kara Warren. And you can find Cutting the Curd at Cutting the Curd. Um, thank you all. Eat more cheese and stay safe. Cutting the Curd is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.